Welcome to The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Today, as part of our family, you will experience the life-changing and spirit-nurturing Word of God. Please enjoy this time with us as we're committed to helping you grow in knowledge, grow in faith, and grow in God. St. Mark Baptist Church, you grow here. Well, welcome back to the Growth Factor podcast, a broadcast ministry of the St. Mark Baptist Church here in Little Rock, Arkansas. My name is Pastor John Richards. I'm the pastor of Assimilation here at St. Mark, and I'm joined by our senior pastor, Dr. Philip L. Porner Sr. And for the past several weeks, we've been discussing issues that aren't always black and white. Mm -hmm. They are gray area issues. We've talked about alcohol. We've talked about marijuana. We've also talked about gambling. Mm -hmm. Well, this week on this episode, we're going to be talking about Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) And whether a Christian in good conscience can celebrate Halloween. And I think that the big picture question here, Pastor Pointer, is can something that possibly has pagan origins be redeemed mm-hmm. and practiced by Christians? It's a big question that has a simple answer, Pastor John. And, you know, we could have a three minute podcast episode <laughs> today uh, in answering that question, but I, I really want to give us a foundation. Um, both historically and biblically. The the thing that we've got to realize is that it's not just pagan mm. in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not just pagan in the first place. Yeah. So the, the term Halloween itself mm-hmm. actually is a contraction of this, this phrase, All Hallows Eve, All Hallows Eve. And it actually is a Christian holiday that was observed on October 31st which was the evening before All Saints Day, which yes. was a church practice. Yep. So so with in church history, All Saints Day was the day um, where all the saints of the Catholic Church are venerated. It is the day when all saints of the Catholic Church are venerated. So each saint has a day. Some of you all celebrate these days um, and don't really know. Uh, you celebrate um, Valentine's Day. That is Saint valentine's day you also celebrate um saint patrick's day you wear green and you drink (laughs) green beer or something like that or you pinch people that don't have on green Mm -hmm. um in school you cut out four-leaf clovers and those kinds of things so those are the saints on their individual days but november 1st is the day where all of the saints Mm -hmm. are venerated at the same time so all saints day Another word for saint is hollow, mm-hmm. hollow, uh, not hollow, empty, not, <laughs> but hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W, not H-O, H-A-L-L-O-W, just means holy. Mm-hmm. It just means holy. So All Hallows Day is preceded by All Hallows Eve, like we pray, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hallow means holy. So Halloween is just that shortened version of that. As we contract words like goodbye, which is God be with ye, mm-hmm. um, we contracted All Hallows Eve into Halloween. So the name Halloween is Christian. Mm-hmm. That's a Christian name. Right. 
Right. But the origins of some practices around Halloween. Now we've got the controversial side. Yeah. 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 So someone's probably watching like, yeah, that may be Christian, but what about the, the origins of the practice? Well, that dates back to Celtic origins mm-hmm. and the Celtic people who uh, celebrated their new year around the first day of November. Mm-hmm. They did. Uh, and it was attached to harvest season. So mm-hmm. whenever, I mean, that's why it happens in the fall, right? Yes. Whenever harvest season came around the night before, according to legend, uh, they felt like that there was a boundary between the living and the dead. Again, this goes back to one of our other episodes mm-hmm. where you can contact the dead, mm-hmm. right? Where that boundary was um, decreased so that some ghost Mm-hmm. would return to earth, right? And they would burn crops. They would wear costumes with animal heads and skins. That mm-hmm. may sound familiar, right? Um, so the Celtic people were actually the progenitors of this feastal uh, harvest celebration. Well, here's what happened. When the Roman Empire conquered the Celtic, the Celtic people, uh, they combined their own ceremonies Mm-hmm. with the ceremonies of the folks who were honoring the dead. And they said, well, let's just combine them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until around 609 AD that Catholic Pope uh, Boniface created All Martyrs Day, which evolved into what we talked about, right. which was All Saints Day. They moved the day from May 13th to November 1st. Now, here's why they did it. It was, for them, a tool of evangelism. Mm-hmm. It was... Let's take what the culture uses in pagan practice and this regular rhythm that they're using and put our Christian practice on top of it Mm -hmm. and honor our saints on that day so that we can point them to something else. And there there are a couple of things about that, Pastor John, that we've really got to grasp. Um, Halloween is not the only holiday that the church did that to. Exactly. Um, and, 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 and here's the thing, we, we gotta, we gotta grasp, um, that the church, first of all, this is cultural practice for humanity from time, (laughs) time, time past. Mm -hmm. Whenever there were human beings, they, they stacked their beliefs on other people's practices. Mm -hmm. They repurposed the practices to deal with their own beliefs, to, to express their own beliefs. So, so Halloween, All Hallows' Eve. Um, All Saints Day was stacked on top of, in this Celtic region, their practice of celebrating the harvest and doing things so as not to be afflicted by the dead and ghosts Mm -hmm. on top of the Roman practice of honoring their dead. Yeah. Now listen, this is this is the big deal. The harvest piece, that's why you get the pumpkins. That's why you get it's really any squash is what is what <laughs> and, and we just, you know, we we appropriated and, and did the pumpkin thing. But when you look at the practices like jack o' lanterns and those kind of things, we'll get into that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um but but again, those practices were in existence and then Romans stacked a, a, an honorific aspect to it and the Christians said, Oh, if we're honoring the dead mm. on this day We'll honor the Christian dead, the saints, mm-hmm. first who gave their lives for the faith, and then all the saints, whether they were martyred or killed 
uh, for the faith or whether they died in, yeah. in another way. Yeah. And they had the same same bonfires. Mm-hmm. They would dress up in costumes. Now, mm-hmm. they said, listen, we're not doing the animal, animal skins, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with angels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to go with saints mm-hmm. and the like because we don't want to practice the pagan practices, right? And that's when the night before uh, All Saints Day, as you mentioned, became known as Halloween in the church in that era, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So how does um, that practice, again, come across the water and become a practice in the U.S.? Folks would bring that tradition mm-hmm. over here to America. Mm-hmm. So they dressed up in costumes. And um, as culture went on, folks would go house to house. And this practice of they would actually ask for food and money. Yeah. From people. <laughs> yeah. They actually yeah. Were like, OK, if we go for house to house. We need to be asking folks for something. But here's what happened. Around that holiday, you started to see vandalism happening on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when trick-or-treating became part of the celebration. Mm-hmm. Because the goal was to avoid these kids playing tricks on you. Egging the house, toilet papering your trees. Yeah. And vandalizing the house. So mm-hmm. trick-or-treat. Yeah. Either you're going to give me a treat or I'm going to be back later tonight. I got something <laughs> I for got you. Something for you. <laughs> I got something for so you. So that's how that came to to be and that's when they started to provide these small treats for children now to date i mean halloween has become the second largest commercial holiday in america mm-hmm. behind christmas yeah six billion dollars spent My every god. year on mighty halloween. god six but but with a b billion, billion dollars pastor john i want to talk about these practices then yeah. Because the origin of of the dressing up was originally dressing up in animal skins. When when the ghost element came about, they would dress up. They thought the ghosts were coming up from the dead. (laughs) So they dressed up to pretend to be the ghost. And and it was the ghost that you didn't want to haunt your house. That was the ghost knocking on your door saying trick or treat. Mm. That if you did not give a treat to the ghost or give an offering to the ghost, then the ghost would do something to you. Mm. People brought it forward as a as a as a part of the expression or experience of Halloween, mm. and it has just become a commercial exercise. Yeah. yeah, and for years, Christians have wrestled. Some Christians have wrestled with what to do with this mm-hmm. um, holiday and other holidays. To be honest with you, because and, and here's where I want to get to, John, Pastor yeah. John. Listen. Halloween does not exist in a vacuum in this way as being a holiday that the Christian church appropriated, repurposed the practices and put our beliefs on. We have another big one, big mm-hmm. one called Christmas, mm-hmm. Christ's Mass. Well, we said in the earlier episode that the festival of Dionysius, Bacchanalia, happened in December, around December 25th. It was a pagan holiday Mm. that when Christianity became the state religion of the Holy Roman Empire, then they took that date and said, we're going to celebrate Jesus's birth on that date, even though most likely we don't know when exactly he was born, but most likely it had to be the spring, somewhere in the spring. Yeah should be Christmas. But December 25th, that date was chosen because there was already a quote-unquote pagan festival happening on that day. 
Christians don't often there now there are some people who say we shouldn't even celebrate Christmas, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses and, mm-hmm. and then other people in, in small pockets and places, but there are a whole lot more people <laughs> who are <laughs> anti Halloween than they are against Christmas. Mm-hmm. I got one more. Mm-hmm. Easter oh, is a is no. the goddess of fertility. Oh, don't take away Easter. Easter <laughs> is the goddess of fertility mm-hmm. in 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 Celtic and other uh, religious practices. Easter, that's why you have bunnies, because bunnies mate a lot and have a lot of babies. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have eggs, because eggs represent fertility for a lot of the animal kingdom. So mm-hmm. that they it was done in the spring because it was the beginning of planting season you you wanted um uh, you wanted to Hmm. get blessed by easter you wanted your crops to be blessed by easter you wanted your your you wanted to have children so you venerated easter that's a name of a goddess Hmm. well the christian church said okay we got something for that let's celebrate the resurrection of jesus christ because we're talking about new life we're talking about Things coming up out of the ground. Well, Jesus got up out the grave, and that's why we call Resurrection Sunday Easter Sunday. Hmm. Can hmm. I dig further, Pastor John? Go ahead. Because um, I got one too, but go ahead. <laughs> the, the biggest issue is that we want to villainize things yeah. based on their initial origin rather than look at the intent and the practices and most of all the heart no practice is inherently evil in any of those ways and no practice is inherently good in the same way that i won't tell you you're saved because you've been baptized in water just because i dipped you in some water doesn't mean you're going to heaven the old folks say you can go down uh, start a dry center and come up a wet center Mm. that's not the issue the the ritual (laughs) itself is not the issue it's the intent it's the heart that we're really trying to get at. Yeah. What, what, what's yours, can, Pastor can, John? Can what's I mess your, them up just get, a little bit yeah, more? Get, get, get more worse get So more if we talk to first century Christians about our church buildings, mm-hmm. our order of service, mm-hmm. our, our priesthood, mm-hmm. pastoral ministry, mm-hmm. they look at us like we're crazy. Absolutely so, crazy. So <laughs> first century Christians, surprise, did not meet in a church building. They met in homes. There was no church building to meet in. There was none. And guess what? When they came around to meeting in church buildings and getting them, when they looked at the real estate, Mm -hmm. the buildings were formerly temples that were committed to idols. Yes. They built blood all around them. They built churches on top of temples that were, that were, dedicated to pagan gods to to the to these idol gods these they said well that's a good place for a church because they as many cultures did Mm -hmm. they just took if that's a religious site we're going to keep it as a religious site we're going to repurpose it repurpose yeah and and that's what we're also getting at here like God, if God can redeem us, <laughs> right? My goodness, yeah. He can redeem four walls. Yeah, He can redeem a holiday, mm-hmm. and that's what we are seeing here as we talk about Halloween. But let's let's dig a little bit deeper in terms of the approaches, mm-hmm. the Christian approaches, because I think Richard Niebuhr, who wrote Christ and Culture, y'all, Christ and Culture, y'all write that down if you want to go take a look at it. But he provides sort of a taxonomy of about five different approaches that people have to holidays and to 
engaging culture, right? Just culture in general. Just generally. So uh, as we talk about these, think about where you might land in here, and then we'll kind of talk about the approach that uh, we can take in terms of Halloween. But the first is called Christ Against Culture. Mm -hmm. And to paraphrase it, basically it says, we don't do what the world does. Ever. 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 Like, ever. We're over here. The the world is over here. We saw this in early Puritan Mm -hmm. uh, practice and pilgrim practice, right? There are current groups who do the same thing, like folks who are up in Pennsylvania in the rural areas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and even in some expressions of faith where people live among other people, um, this was... Some people grew up not being able to go to the movies, not being able to go to a school mm-hmm. dance, mm-hmm. Um, you know, not being able to own a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't have cards in the house because that's the prevailing idea. Christ against, against culture. culture. If it's ever, if it's in the culture, it is bad, 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 and run away from it. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one is Christ of culture. Now, this one says, well, there's no distinction between the world Mm-hmm. and Christian faith. And we talked about this in the previous episode, but this is where you get your leo, your liberal theological schools. Mm-hmm. The folks who will say, well, there's no distinction here between what is secular and between the Christian faith. So you see a, the pendulum swings in the opposite direction, and, right? And theologically, what we're talking about is a high anthropology and a low Christology. So people, they lift people above. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're eternal... Uh, significance that people get a chance, have the opportunity, have the right to judge God, to to deny scripture, um, high anthropology, and then low Christology. Jesus isn't all that special. Um, he may not be born of a virgin. They say those kinds of things. And, and maybe Jesus even sinned, but, but he was a political figure and a good teacher. And so we follow him because God honored that. That's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of idea. So they claim to be followers of Jesus Christ while lowering his unique divinity. Yeah. And so just to provide that in the Halloween context, so the first two, first perspective is, no, nah, dude, we're not celebrating Mm-mm. anything. Mm-mm. Second perspective is, hey. <laughs> whatever. Hey, whatever. <laughs> whatever, what, whatever goes. Whatever goes. Mm-hmm. So then this third perspective is Christ above culture. It says that culture is good, but it needs the church to augment and perfect it. Yeah. And this is the Roman Catholic viewpoint because mm-hmm. the church itself is what's going to augment and perfect culture. And this is why these holidays were appropriated by Catholicism. They mm-hmm. said, you're doing it right. Um, you're doing it, but let me tell you why you're doing it and how to do it better. Mm-hmm. So honoring the dead, yep, sure. But but the saints, that dead, that's who you're honoring. These are the dead we're going to yeah, honor. These, these are the dead people to honor, not mm-hmm. your grandma just because you loved her. But no, the <laughs> Valentine and and, and, uh, and Ignatius and, you know, they those people, St. Jerome, they they said these are the people. So they were going to stack it. Oh, you got a festival that's about new life and everything. Well, no, it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's the resurrection. They, they stacked it right on top of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that, that other perspective is Christ and culture in paradox. Mm-hmm. It says this, that culture is good, but we know it's been tainted by the fall, right? Mm-hmm. So the church now lives in this tension between goodness and what's been tainted by sin as we await the return of Jesus. That's what we call this eschatological tension, right? Mm-hmm. Waiting for Jesus, knowing that 
there's an already component of us being redeemed, but then there's a not yet. There's still some stuff that needs to be sorted out. And this is the perspective that we see from Martin Luther and his view. Yeah, and, and the idea is that we will always live in that constant tension until Jesus comes and sets it right. And mm-hmm. there is a partial truth from a perspective in that kind of view mm-hmm. um, that that there are some things that will be imperfect until the return, including us, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we don't just throw that one away, yeah. but it's limited. Mm-hmm. It's limited. And this last one, Pastor John, I believe, is the one that we really need to be talking about and thinking about. Yeah, this last one is Christ transforming culture. It, it says, again, culture is good. It's been tainted by the fall, but Christ is good enough to redeem all of creation. Mm-hmm. So we should look at how we can transform culture for God's glory. Mm-hmm. It's our duty here to be able to engage and transform culture for God's glory. And this was Niebuhr's perspective. Yeah, and I, I believe that that I believe we can live with the ability we should live, minister, serve, follow Jesus um, with the ability to live in the tension, mm-hmm. but also work for transformation mm-hmm. as the goal and expect and anticipate and believe and experience that transformation um, that happens as Christ gets in culture. Um, uh, I love it. God was in Christ mm-hmm. reconciling the world to himself. To himself. Yeah. 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 And and how does that play out for Christians in terms of celebrating Halloween where you got a couple different uh, segments of folks mm-hmm. you got the lights out people right if you walk right around you, their don't neighborhood you, don't you come up on my lawn <laughs> don't come you? on my porch don't mm-hmm. come on my lawn all my lights are going to be out mm-hmm. i'm going to be sitting in the house yeah in the dark because i don't celebrate and i'm not going to participate even if the neighbor's kids come over to trick-or-treat not going to happen mm-hmm. i'm not even going to leave candy out on the porch no you. no no ain't no candy ain't no candy <laughs> ain't no candy for you <laughs> It's, it's, it's a bad day. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you don't get no Twix on, yeah. on October 31st. <laughs> these folk, Lord, have mercy on my soul, please. I, I don't mean to be uh, dismissive, but people, like, they won't let the kids buy candy out the store because they don't want to be confused mm-hmm. <laughs> with having gotten that candy by trick-or-treating uh, on like Halloween. Like, I can't buy it in October just because it's in the Halloween not, section? Not, not on the 31st. <laughs> you can't walk around with a Snickers in your pocket on October 31st, because somebody might think that you got that from trick-or-treating, and how dare you? Wow, wow. Mm-hmm. So here's one of the things that uh, many churches have turned to as a possible alternative, and that is a trunk or treat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's usually on the church grounds. It usually has some Christian components. They ask you to dress up as biblical characters, and you see that same thing that happened with Celtic culture. Mm-hmm. You see it happening in American culture where we're trying to figure out how to on place on top of and assimilate what the culture is expressing without disappointing our kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and full disclosure, St. Mark has done and does Mm -hmm. trunk or treats. And Mm -hmm. some of it is, um, about, you know, engaging our community. We see it at St. Mark, you know, we, we intend to be, and we are for sure 
a church um, where the community comes to <laughs> what we have uh, because they expect it to be done well and they expect to benefit uh, from engaging in it. And it also sometimes, and uh, including in our community, is an issue of safety. Just it's a practical way yeah. of getting the kids the candy mm -hmm. without them having to go down alleys and up streets and crossing mm -hmm. streets that, that potentially can be dangerous for them. Yeah. And I mentioned something that I, I think I want to flesh out just a little bit because it's important, especially as a parent of young kids, to understand the impact that not being able to celebrate this in the way that may honor Christ could have on your kids mm -hmm. saying, hey, we're not going to celebrate Halloween. We're not going to celebrate Christmas um, and have them turn around and say, well, all of my friends mm -hmm. are really enjoying this. Why can't I? Yeah. And it could ultimately lead to them feeling like the Christian faith is limiting to them and certainly holds back something good from them, some mm -hmm. goodness from them. Yeah, and that, you know, we, we love and minister and, and share with our people on, um, on every level, but, it, but our children particularly um, mm -hmm. need a robust understanding of the liberty that Christ provides. Um, and, and the gospel is not intended hmm. to <laughs> cause you to live this stoic hard you know self-flagellating life you don't have to get a whip out and whip your back in order to be a christian um hmm. pastor john jesus was accused yes of being an alcoholic yeah because he was always at people's parties and he was sitting at their tables and they were known sinners and they called him the, you know, if you got a King James Bible, they called him a wine bibber. Yeah. And they said, every time we see Jesus, he got a drink in his hand. And gluttonous. Yeah. Yeah. He eating up all the food and got a drink <laughs> in his hand every time. But Jesus was in those spaces. Matthew is is called by Jesus Christ to be uh, a, a disciple and ultimately an apostle. Mm -hmm. He's He's a tax collector, which was one of the worst sinful occupations you could have in their day. Levi, Matthew, same person. And Jesus calls him from the tax table in the middle of the scam. Matthew scamming people at the tax table. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, come follow me. And he gets up and does so. Well, the first thing that happens is Matthew throws a party. Yeah, he does. And the only folk he hangs out with are folk like him, other tax collectors, other sinners. And the Pharisees walk by and say, why, did, why are you in there with them? Mm. And Jesus says, well, people who are healthy don't need the doctor. Hmm. Hmm. It's the sick folk that need the doctor, uh, and and in that way, wow. um, engaging in in healthy ways, in God honoring ways, in in All Hallows Eve hmm. can potentially produce some fruit in our community, but certain certainly teach our children, which is what we were talking about, teaching our children hmm. how to engage culture responsibly and in a way that is a light unto them. Yeah, and that's an important truth because if Jesus' table was important to him, mm -hmm. my goodness, our table should be important to us. Indeed. And we really need to ask ourselves that continuous question, who's at our table? Mm -hmm. And not only who's at our table, who's attending our service? Are we recycling fish in the same pond? And, and, and it's not even about inviting them in. You don't go fishing and tell the fish, I've got worms on the boat. Mm. You have to go to where the fish are and put the worms in the water on the hook. Mm. The idea is that the church must spend more time 
out in culture, yeah, being relatable, being um, regular people, yeah, with with this with this amazing grace that has happened in our lives, and just be regular, man. Stop being so you know people who don't want to celebrate Halloween, but you the spookiest one out here. Mm. You, 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 your kid can't go get a Snickers on October thirty one, and you claim you are the spooky one. Mm. Yeah, that, we we gotta engage in in healthy ways is what we're saying. That that's why this is this is so important to me, and this is one of those ones where I know it's not black and white, but I want people to hear my heart on this because this is one of the if it's a six billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. this is one of the primary means where you can share Christ with other people. Absolutely, throughout the year. Absolutely, and if my lights in my house are off. Mm-hmm. What type of message does that show to people if I serve a Christ who is the light of the world and has asked me to be the light to yes, people sir. in my neighborhood? Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. So my lights are out on the opportunity where I can share the gospel with people. Mm-hmm. And listen, don't be giving out candy corn either. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, let's have this discussion. Pastor John, let's have this discussion. I hear, I see people say candy corn is disgusting and it's horrible. I think... I think there are two kinds of candy corn. Okay. I think there are two kinds, and I think that some people have only had the nasty kind. There is a nasty version, a nasty iteration, but then there is a good version of candy corn, and and the brand escapes me. The difference in the brand, the brand <laughs> names escape me, but there is a candy corn upon which Jesus himself has breathed the breath of life. And within that candy corn is the power of God to make one well and wise and healthy and happy. And that candy corn must be made more widely available because the nasty one is ruining the reputation of the good one. That's what I'm trying to say. I I got you. But in May of the next year, when I look at them kids' buckets and I see what's left over, (laughs) what I'm seeing left over is the candy corn. Yeah. Yeah, and if that's coming from Christian households, I'm just telling y'all, y'all right. buy some Snickers. Yeah, man, get get us. Listen, listen, buy you, some Twix. You need some Twix. You need some Reese cups. You need some Snickers. But then you need the candy that, for kids that don't like chocolate. You need some sweet tarts. Mm-hmm. You need some um, some Smarties. You need some Pixie sticks. You you got to give out good name brand candy on Halloween. That is now that is not a gray area. That's black and white. <laughs> that one right there is decided. Because them kids are going to go back to their parents and talk about you. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we don't want to come to this house next year. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I'm, I'm most of the way saved, part of the way saved. I'm going to talk about you, too. <laughs> if I find out you're giving out cheap candy, I'm going to talk about you. All right. So we've talked about the cultural expressions here. But what is it that Scripture t- tells us about these days? Mm-hmm. We, we know Scripture doesn't talk about Halloween specifically. No. Uh, but there are conversations in scriptures around honoring days and conversation around days. And we're going to talk about those and provide some context around this conversation that we're having on Easter and other hollow other uh, holidays. And, and let me let me let, let's go on and put them all together again. Mm-hmm. OK, um, so so you don't want to celebrate Halloween because that's pagan. But let's let's go on. And let's go on and tell the truth. And shame the devil. Um, people say, oh, it's the devil's holiday that is very 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 late and very 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 rare mm-hmm. so you know you see people <laughs> say oh uh, people who practice um, 
Wiccans, they say we can't believe Christians celebrate Halloween because it's the devil. We we people who um, do incantations and things. This it, how can a Christian celebrate that holiday? Listen, mm. it's late and it's rare. Mm. It's late and it's rare. So let's lump them together. So Halloween, we got to talk about all of them. We got to talk about Christmas because we if you don't want to celebrate pagan days, Halloween, Christmas, Easter, got them. Your birthday is pagan. Mm-hmm. Your birthday is pagan. Blowing out candles on the cake, pagan. Getting gifts for your birthday, take your cash app down <laughs> on your birthday. Because that getting gifts on your birthday, that comes from paganism too. Mm-hmm. You got to change the names of the days of the week. Sunday is worship of the Sunday. Monday, worship of the moon day. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday is Odin's day. It's Odin. Um, Thursday is Thor's day. Friday is Frigga's day. Saturday is Saturn's day. Months too. Months of the year. January, Janus, yeah. <laughs> all the way through through August, which is Augustus. Mm-hmm. He he wanted to be venerated, so he named him up after himself, uh, Augustus Caesar. Mm. Uh, all of that stuff is pagan. Mm. All of it has pagan origins. English language has pagan origins. You better learn Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing though so much of our identity is wrapped into those dates mm-hmm. like our birthday especially in u.s culture like that tells people who we are mm-hmm. and so people now are are like oh man these are pagan mm-hmm. <laughs> no wait a minute wait a minute so i mean and you got to unsubscribe from the little free gifts you get from your restaurants and your stores no more you can't have any of it don't have an office party if yeah. I mean, if you if we getting rid of all the things that have pagan origins, it's all or nothing. It's every you got You can't just say, "Oh, I don't Halloween." Halloween is in the same bucket with all of them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. So, so let's look at Exodus chapter number twenty, and this one talks about a day that the Jewish folks uh, were serious about, mm-hmm. <laughs> very serious mm-hmm. about. So, this is the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments given to Moses. And we're going to look at the fourth commandment here in verse number eight in, in chapter 20. Um, and it's around this idea of Sabbath and rest. Yeah, yeah. And we've looked at that uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. As we looked in G- Genesis, we saw that that God himself mm-hmm. rested and then turns around as a commandment to the people of God. And again, these are to uh, distinguish them from the culture around them. Yes. Yes. To say that we're going to commit a day of complete Sabbath rest for God's people. It had Mm -hmm. both moral implications and ceremonial implications. And and Sabbath, Jesus is going to clarify, is actually a gift more than it is an obligation. The Sabbath was made for men, not men for the Sabbath. Yeah. 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 He says here in in verse eight, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them and rested. And on the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Mm-hmm. Now, Sabbath observation, that's that could be a whole episode in and of itself because yeah. the interpretive issues, especially in contemporary culture, because we know people who 
are celebrating the Sabbath on Saturday. Mm-hmm. They have an entire denomination religion around mm-hmm. Seventh Day Adventism. Yeah. And I, I want you to talk a little bit about why the Christian church has decided to practice it on Sunday and why it became such a big issue. Well, I, you know, we got to make a distinction, Pastor John. What we do on Sunday is not the Sabbath. No, it's not. Some people call it a Christian Sabbath. It's not. Saturday or the seventh day um, is the Sabbath that has never changed. What the early church did, because they were Jews, Peter and James and John and all them, and even Paul, they were Jews. Mm-hmm. So what they did is, as a part of their Jewish heritage and faith and the command of God, they honored the Sabbath on Saturday. And then Jesus got up early. I said early on a (laughs) Sunday morning. So Sunday they came together to sing, to pray, to explain the scripture on Sunday. And they called that the Lord's Day. Hmm. Saturday they did the Sabbath as Jews. Sunday they did the Lord's Day to honor the resurrected Lord. They took communion every Sunday. They, they mm. communed together, which was actually a meal, not just a little crack and, and juice like we do. It was actually a meal. So they did the Jewish thing on Saturday. They did the Jesus thing on Sunday. Yeah. And then as the church begins to expand into Gentile areas, into people who are not Jews, some of the Jews say, you got to go back and do the Sabbath thing too. Mm-hmm. And Paul writes his letters explicitly to say, you don't have to do that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you should honor Jesus on the first day of the week. Yeah, so part of the practice was them being faithful Jews mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also being practical. Yeah, man. Saturday is for us to go to worship on Sabbath mm-hmm. as good Jews. Mm-hmm. Sunday was the day that our Lord and Savior got up and we're going to practice our Christian faith on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're seeing here in this text. And, and, and John, let me say one more thing about that, because in the early days, um, this had practical implications beyond just mm-hmm. um, culture um, within their own communities, because they were Jews living among Jews, many of them. If you stop coming to the synagogue on Saturday, I need to figure out what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Or can I do business with you? <laughs> Yeah. And so they also did it as a part of their community life to, to go to the synagogue on Saturday mm-hmm. as Jews. And then they would meet in houses mm-hmm. on Sunday with one another to gather, hear the Lord's uh, word, um, explain worship together and take communion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's take a look quickly at the uh, at this verse for the lights out people, because mm-hmm. I think that they this mm-hmm. is going to be a favorite. Mm hmm. And I want to make sure that we understand the context around it mm-hmm. before we are able to utilize it for the purposes of which they are trying to. And we are going to put our foot on what's called proof texting. <laughs> proof texting is taking a verse in isolation out of its context to prove your point mm. without honoring the point it's trying to make. Yeah, yeah. So, so in this entire chapter... It's a, a big illustration for God, people being his vineyard, mm-hmm. right? And God is cultivating his vineyard, mm-hmm. but there's no fruit. Yep. Israel is not showing any fruit, even though he's cultivated them. So 
He's going to start to pronounce some judgments here, but also provide hope in the text as well. Yep, yep. And this is where we see all these woes. Whoa, W-O-E, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and one of them is in, cha- in chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, mm-hmm. who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now, this is the text. This is the text that folks say, if I celebrate Halloween or you celebrate Halloween, are we not calling evil good? Right, right. And and here's the thing. What he's talking about in this mm-hmm. passage mm-hmm. is idolatry and injustice. Yeah. First of all, Halloween is not inherently evil. Mm. It's not the origin of a thing that determines it. It's the use of a thing. It's not the devil's holiday that's late and that's rare. Yeah. (laughs) What it is today, what it is today is a commercial day. Yeah. For people to come together and have parties Mm. or for kids to go get candy. That's what it is. Mm. And if kids getting candy is evil, Mm. then, then, a whole lot of other stuff is evil. <laughs> you eating that extra bag of Doritos is evil then too. Mm. Yeah, and these people clearly had this upside down moral compass. Mm-hmm. They turned to idols, and that's the context in which he says, "Y'all are turning. Y'all are saying that good things are actually evil, and saying that evil things are actually good. Are actually good." I, now I'm gonna be transparent here. Uh, y'all don't judge me, but I used to watch uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. With Mm. Eddie Murphy. Evil. Evil. (laughs) (laughs) He got up and started preaching a sermon as a vampire Uh and said, evil is good. Right. (laughs) And the whole congregation just started started naming it just like him. So that's what, in this text, he's saying, man, you all are practicing Mm -hmm. uh, idolatry in ways that really does call evil good. And here's the crazy part. Later in the New Testament, we'll see that the Pharisees do just the exact same thing with Jesus. And, And Pastor John. What it's really about is religious people mm. being oppressive to other people. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really the prophets of the Old Testament are generally about justice, mm. the outworking of one's vertical relationship with God in our horizontal relationships with one another. And what he's talking about is not kids with bags of candy. That's not what this verse is about in any way. Mm. It's about treating God right by treating people right. Mm. Um, and, and ultimately, um, it is prophetic about the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And they, they literally say he cast out these demons by Beelzebub, mm-hmm. calling the good that he does evil. Evil, yeah. yes. So let's look at the Christmas text. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Christmas. Oh, no, we can't do Christmas either, John. <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't do, I can't, my kids can't get no candy on Halloween and they can't get any, any presents on Christmas. Now let me say Not this. Not just presents. Let, let me say this. Okay. Let me say this. That would do wonders for some of our wallets. Listen to me. I wish the church was here to say amen. Jeff Bezos would not be rich. Right. Today. Okay. <laughs> right. So, uh, Jeremiah 10, uh, these are the words of the prophet Jeremiah and uh, folks use this to say that we should not have Christmas trees in our home. Mm-hmm. Now, this is very 
interesting to so so these folks were prone to idol worship yep and what they would do they had to carve idols they would carve they, would they carve. had to <laughs> they had to fashion an idol out of wood yes and dress it up yes this is what Jeremiah that's what it's about is getting at here it's in this text n- it's not about bringing a pine tree in your house and putting lights on it the point he's trying to make is these are idols made by hands. Mm-hmm. The God of the universe is not. And here's what it says. And here's why people get confused by it. Because right. it sounds. It sounds like it's talking about a Christmas right. tree if you look at it from Western eyes. Yeah. Hear the word the, that the Lord speaks to you, O Israel, verse 1 in chapter 10. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the ways of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed by them. Again, they're looking at signs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. For the customs of the people are vanity. That word vanity again. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. And people trot that verse out and say, Y'all heathens getting the Christmas trees right, in your house. Right, right. You, you cut down a tree and then you put some streamers on it, and that's what it's talking No, it's talking about carving an idol god. It's talking about taking the wood and putting a face on it and putting hands on it and then nailing it to your mantle or wall in your house and bowing down to it and putting fruit in front of it like it's an offering. Mm-hmm. That's what this is referring to. Mm-hmm. It's not in it. There, there was no concept of Christmas tree or anything of that nature. Yeah. Um, what 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 this is is creating a god to replace the god. Mm. That's what this is about. Don't work at idolatry like these nations are doing. That's 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 all that's about. Mm. Can I can I just say one more thing right quick about Get Christmas? Get on it. One of the things that frustrates me is that people say, let's put Christ back in Christmas. <laughs> I'm tired of folks using this X for Xmas. Oh, wait, yeah, 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 but yeah. But yeah, let's yeah. talk about yeah, that. Yeah, get that, get that, John. Because the early Christians would not have had a problem with there being an X in front of Christmas. They used X. They used it as a secret code. As a code. To avoid persecution because the X is actually a chi in the Greek which is the first letter of Christ. Christ. Listen, it's a letter that was used to spell Christ. It's shorthand. Mm. It's it's calling someone Phil instead of Philip. Mm. <laughs> Let's put the Phil back in Philip. <laughs> no, I mean, you can that it's it that, that X mm. is just a letter that starts how you spell Christ in the Greek language. That's all it is. You cannot take Christ mm. out of Christmas. Let me tell you about another code that y'all use that y- y'all don't know. Let me tell you about the fish, mm-hmm. okay, which in the Greek is ictus, mm-hmm. the fish is. The early Christians would put fish on the outside of their houses to indicate that they were a Christian household, and it actually, the first letter of each word translates into Jesus Christ Son of God. Mm-hmm. That's why the fish became associated with Christian practice. So that fish you got on the back of your car right. is actually a message to the people, not just because Jesus f- fed people with fish and loaves. Mm-hmm. No, the mm-hmm. early Christians were actually using Acronym. it mm-hmm. as a secret coded language 
to practice their faith in a, in a culture that was anti-Christian. It, it meant like it was a safe house in the very same way of symbols for the Underground Railroad. It was a place where you could be safe. Um, you could you could you could find help. You could or place if you were traveling mm -hmm. as the gospel began to go around and you were traveling. It was a place you could go to worship. Yeah, because let me tell you about the early church. They didn't miss church. They understood the privilege of church. Uh oh, I'm in another place right now, Anna. <laughs> they didn't take it for granted. Mm. They didn't take gathering for granted. And prayerfully, wow, that is happening for us as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about um, celebrating holidays and the conscious. And um, Paul discusses this in Romans chapter 14, mm -hmm. and we'll also look at uh, Galatians 4. And Paul talks about holidays as well. But let's look at Romans chapter 14. Because he talks about people weak in the faith. Mm -hmm. And there are two categories of weakness in this text. Mm -hmm. There are weak Jews and there are weak Gentiles. Right. And they're weak in different ways. Right. As a matter of fact, the weak Jews aren't what we think they would be weak in. No, 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 they're not. They're not. It, Read it, Pastor John. Yeah, there are okay. several things I want to say about it. We, our time is going <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah. As for the one who is weak in the faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. Let's stop right there mm -hmm. for a second. Do not quarrel over, what's that word? Opinions. Opinions. Mm -hmm. opinions. Yeah. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Mm -hmm. Is it before his own master that he stands or falls and will he be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than the other mm -hmm. while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind the one who observes the day observes it in honor of the lord the one who eats eats it in honor of the lord since he gave thanks to god while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the lord and gives thanks to god for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself for if we live we live to the lord and if we die we die to the lord so then whether we live or whether we die we are the lord's for to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, both of the dead and of the living. Ooh, So the point mm -hmm. is things that seem to be opposite yeah. can both be God glorifying. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And even if we have opposing ideas based on conscience and understanding mm -hmm. if the heart is turned toward glorifying God mm -hmm. God honors that now Paul is not saying both people are right yeah he's not he, he's not saying both people are right don't misunderstand because that's see this is the cop-out and some of us are afraid to stand on truth and declare it he's not saying the person who eats meat is right and the person who eats vegetables is right in another way that's not what he's saying. He's calling somebody weak. Somebody's wrong here. <laughs> but both can be God honoring. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the that's the that's the tension of that text. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a conscious issue, right? Mm -hmm. 
because for the Gentiles, some of them were weak because they they knew that the meat was sacrificed to idols. We talked about it in an earlier yeah. episode. When you walk through the market of most of these cities, um, through the uh, through the, the center of town, there was the market there. Meat just hanging up in the stalls. Well, the Gentiles knew that that meat had been sacrificed to Zeus, Aphrodite, or somebody else. Mm. And so they thought, I cannot eat that, that pork chop mm. because it was just on the altar of, of Ares, the god of war, Mars. And so the Jewish believers were like, hey, all right, that's cool. All right, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take that steak, sir. <laughs> and and the, the Gentile conscience was, yeah. bother, conscience was bothering him or her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying, well, you all shouldn't do it either. And here's the thing. They were wrong about that. Mm-hmm. But they were wrong in such a way that they intended to glorify God. And so Paul says if they only eat vegetables, they're wrong. Mm-hmm about whether or not you can eat the meat, but they're intending to glorify God. They're intending to do it for the honor of God. And so, mm. and so don't, don't beat them up. Don't, 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 don't fuss at them. Mm. Mm. And he's also addressing the weakness of Sabbath keeping. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you do so in a way that becomes legalistic, right. then that makes you weak. He says, he says, Gentiles, y'all are weak because you can eat anything. Mm. Jews, y'all are weak because the Sabbath day it's healthy, mm. it's good, but it's not a requirement in the way you think it is. Yeah, yeah. Because they were looking for justification through the practice. Mm-hmm. They thought that it was a requirement to be right with God. And Paul spends all of Romans saying only faith and grace. Mm-hmm. So doing something on a certain day does not in any way make you more right with God. Mm. And he goes into more details with the Galatian church, mm-hmm. which this is a recurring issue mm-hmm. with this group of folks who are called Judaizers. As a matter of fact, there was, and they had parties. Mm-hmm. And in mm-hmm. Acts, we heard about the circumcision party, mm-hmm. folks who were trying to get people to keep the law in order to be justified through yeah. faith, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we got here in Galatians chapter 4, we'll look at verses 8 through 11 and these judaizers have been ransacking this church man they would they, they had these galatians so confused they, they they thought they had to go back keep the ceremonial and ritualistic law mm. in order to stay saved and it was here's the thing most of the jews grew up in it mm. so it was already second nature to them mm. for these gentiles it was completely revolutionary and foreign and strange all of these practices and laws, and then they didn't even just give them the Mosaic law. Mm. They were giving them their interpretations of the Mosaic law in the Talmud and the Midrash, yeah. um, the, the oral tradition of interpretation, things the law didn't say, mm. like you had to wash your hands before you eat. You know, that's good practice, but that wasn't a, that ain't God, that ain't the law of God yeah. <laughs> in the Old Covenant. Um, things like you couldn't travel more than a third of a mile on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. The, God didn't say That's just something they added to yeah. and made as important as the law. And so these, these Gentiles are having a fit, man, because, you know, you know, it, I'm just past John, I don't mean to say it like this, but. But, you know, getting circumcised at 35 or 40, ain't, that don't sound <laughs> ain't too appealing, Doc. I'm just, you know, <laughs> mighty God. 
And that's what they were saying you yeah. have to do yeah. in order to be in order to go he- to heaven. Yeah. And, and Paul is so upset about this. Oh, he's mad. I God. mean, in in Galatians one, he does a as you said, if something's mentioned more than once, mm-hmm. it's important. And Paul's like, these folks are preaching a different gospel. Mm-hmm. And if anybody ever does that, even angels, mm-hmm. let that person be accursed. Yep. He says yep. it twice. Mm-hmm. He says that person needs to be cursed because you're saying that there's much more that's needed to come to faith in Jesus. And, and then Paul also is going to be clear that I ain't scared to say it to somebody's face. He confronts Peter about mm-hmm. it because Peter ate with the Gentiles one day. And then when the Jews show up, Peter acted a little, he got a little funny acting. Mm-hmm. And, and Paul said he confronted him to face his to face. face. I said, man, mm-hmm. you wrong mm-hmm. about this issue. So he, he, he's, he's, he's passionate about, yeah. about, Christian freedom. Yeah, and then he lays out his concern here in chapter 4. He said, Mm -hmm. formerly, when you did not know God, chapter 4, verse 8, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you've come to know God, or rather, (laughs) he has these parentheses, Mm -hmm. it's like, or rather be known by God. He was like, wait, 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 you don't know God. You're actually known Known by by God, God. right? Um, How can you turn back again to the weak? and the worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slave you want to be once more. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid that I may have labored over you in vain. Mm. He's saying, man, why why do y'all want to turn back? I I spent so much time laying out the gospel to you all. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm scared because now these days have become more important than the Christ of the days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's sad and tragic that I'll I'll, I'll tell the story. And some people might remember if you've been uh, hanging around me for a long time. Um, one year on Halloween, it was a few, few years ago. Can't remember. I put on social media on Facebook the word "hollow" in Halloween means holy, mm. and there was a guy well-meaning who well I don't know if he was well-meaning <laughs> he sincerely believed he was correct um tags another person says can you do you see this this is supposed to be a man of god mm. Mm. well the word means what it means yeah yeah <laughs> and and he I mean he kept trying to go hey bro all I'm saying is the word hollow means holy that's what it means mm. and the the idea that that someone could be so upset, so vehemently bothered mm. by just the fact that I typed Halloween on a timeline. Mm. This is what Paul is talking about. Wow. How, why is this such a big deal to you? I've explained the gospel to you. Mm. The gospel is that God is holy and created humankind to be holy like him. Mm. Humankind willfully, all of us willfully, volitionally violated that law of God. We disregarded the divine image for the sake of trying to find something better. That's called sin. God had every right and has every right to condemn all of humankind eternally outside of God's loving presence. But instead, God dismissed God's self from God's self into the person and of the Lord Jesus Christ, mm. who lived the life we could not live in perfect holiness, died the death we should have died, completely taking upon himself the wrath of God, and that sacrifice for our sin, that payment for the things we have done mm. for our for our rebellious nature, 
that payment is paid in full and we know it because God raised him from the dead. Mm. And that Jesus Christ is coming back again. That's the big deal. Mm. Mm. Let your baby have a Snickers. Oh, wow. <laughs> get get them get them get them a truck on Christmas. Let them have a birthday party. The days life is in in many ways so difficult, Pastor John. Mm-hmm. There are so many things to worry about. Yes. There are so many things on our news feeds and timelines and in our families to 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 take joy from us. Mm-hmm. If at any time, in any way, at any moment, we can experience something that is enjoyable, fun, happy, and at the same time have an opportunity mm-hmm. through it to connect people to Jesus Christ or to demonstrate Christian charity and hospitality. Mm-hmm. That kid knocks on your house, your door, and you give that kid a Reese cup mm. as as a as an act of Christian hospitality. Mm. Be careful to entertain strangers, because sometimes we entertain angels. angels. Unaware. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. If if that truth is ingrained in us, man, if it really is, and we believe wholeheartedly that Christ Himself can redeem a broken and sinful people. Man, can he not redeem a wrong practice holiday? Is is God not sovereign enough to be able to redeem a wrong practice holiday? And the unfortunate reality is that Jesus and the early church got more opposition from religious people than they did sinners. Absolutely. And what we wanted to come across in this episode was that man, we have the freedom and liberty that Christ has given us to be able to engage a culture around us with the good news of the gospel that could lead them into the kingdom of heaven out of the kingdom of darkness. And you can't do that when you got a dark house. And, 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 and Pastor John, I got one more thing, one more piece of evidence mm. of, of the power of redemption in every or most Christian churches in the world is a cross. If you walked around yeah. in the first century with a cross around your neck, people would call you crazy yeah. because it was a tool of torture. It was a tool of cruelty. Hmm. It was a tool of oppression. It, 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 it stamped down uprisings because of the risk that you might be hung out on a cross. Hmm. It was the most evil torturous invention in human history to that point. Wow. There was no more gruesome death than the death of a cross. Hmm. But when Jesus bled on it, yes, sir. Hmm. it totally transformed the nature of it. Hmm. Wow. And we cling to that cross. Hmm. And we are to bear that cross. He is able to redeem things. It's not the origin. It's the intent. And if Jesus gets involved in it, Mm. if we do it in his name for his glory, Mm. even Halloween Mm. can be redeemed and has been and is. Wow. Well, that's been episode number nine of the Growth Factor podcast. And. 
we hope that that was helpful for you all. And we really just will have a heart for people wanting to um, understand the gospel better, understand God's word better. But more than that, be able to engage the folks around you. And hopefully we gave you some tools to do that in this episode. Um, if you can do this for us, leave a rating review of the podcast uh, in all the platforms that we have. Also follow us on Facebook. We have a growth factor page, um, a group on Facebook. Go over and join that group with us. We will be eternally grateful if you do that. We're going to be putting up content that's going to be helpful for your spiritual growth and your development. Again, thank you for joining the podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. This has been The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and join our Facebook group, The Growth Factor, for daily motivational content. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening.